now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another Sunday edition of Ron Real Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and it is a privilege to have you listening to us tonight. Hey, we've got a jam-packed show that we put together for you just to give you a rundown of what's happening. Hey, right off, hopefully we can, uh, a little after the 5 o'clock hour, Captain Clay Williams from the Old Glory. He's out on the water right now. He's going to call in on the sat phone and give us an update on exactly what's happening currently out there in the offshore scene. So hopefully we'll be able to make that uh, connection with Captain Clay. And then we'll also have the California Director of the Coastal Conservation Association, Wayne Cotto. They just had a big uh, get-together in L.A., and they're scheduled to come down here to San Diego. We're going to get all the details of those uh, meetings, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. And then at 6 o'clock, Kevin Kidd Tackenberry. He is a head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes. We're going to go over the conditions at most of the major uh, city lakes here in San Diego, and we'll also spend a little time on just what's happening with Lake San Vicente. You'll want to know that. And then to end the show at about 6.40, John Campbell, director of the 2016 International Yellowtail Derby. He's going to be with us. We're in the final couple of weeks of the Derby. He's going to update us on the standings and new things that are happening with the event. So you're going to want to stay tuned. But before we get to all that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right, both freshwater and saltwater, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. John, how do you do, buddy? Great weekend. You know, oh. a new purchase for me, a new toy, <laughs> a new project, and and we're off and running for the fishing season. I mean, the stuff we'll, we'll be talking about tonight, we, we hinted about maybe what might happen last week, and... Yeah, we might have a little bit of a news this week, so we'll just go from there. Well, you know what? You're right, Stan. We'll talk about a lot of different things happening because this weekend was jam-packed, both on the freshwater and saltwater side. But before we get to that, let me introduce you to the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. She is the sales manager for Iserline. She distributes many other fine products in the fishing industry, and she's one heck of an outdoorsman herself. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy, John. How are you? Good. 
Wendy. Good evening, everyone. Oh, uh, you know, Wendy. Hey, Big Fish, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, last I'm still week. On cloud we, nine. Last week we teased a little bit about Wendy uh, going out on a trip, and we're going to get a report from Wendy later on on just exactly what happened because I've got to tell you, it was pretty exciting. So, uh, Wendy, we're looking forward to that. Great. Hey. Hey, while we're waiting for uh, uh, Captain Clay Williams from the Old Glory to give us a call, I've invited another friend of Ron Real Radio to be with us. He is the California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association. It is Mr. Wayne Cotto. Wayne, how are you doing, sir? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? We're having a great time here in California, I'll tell you. I tell you, Wayne, you're kind of like uh, the Bernie Sanders of of uh, the fishing industry. You are all over, and you seem to have unendless energy. Man, tell us uh, some of the things that have been going on. How'd your meeting, first of all, go in L.A. Uh, uh, a couple of days ago? Well, yesterday we had our first fundraiser for L.A. chapter. It was up at the Compton Hunting and Fishing Club. What a little gem and hidden in there in Compton. Uh, great turnout. Good sponsorship. Uh, people came out to support CCA California. It couldn't have been better. The clouds cleared. The sun came out. We all had a great time there, and we raised a lot of money for Coastal Conservation Association of California. Excellent. That is a good yeah, we, deal. Hey, you know, tell us though. You, you can't. You couldn't have done what you did there when it came to fundraising without some great sponsors. Who were some of the people that helped you out there, Wayne? Oh, that list is very long, but AFCO stepped up. Uh, we had uh, the Fred Hall shows, Shimano, Daiwa, Okuma, uh, Penn. Uh, we had, uh, um, God, they're, they're, the list is just so long on that one, John. And, and really, really good sponsorship. But the people that turned out, you know, the, the, the people in the industry that showed up, bought tables, came out, and just really, really supported us. Um, and, and bid on items, and, and it was just fun. Uh, we had Benny Florentino bring his boat out there, that beautiful new Ranger boat. Um, we had Ingle Coolers, uh, Costa Del Mar, Dallas Point, um, Sport Fishing Financial, Seaport Sport Fishing, uh, Promar, uh, Data Wharf Sport Fishing, the Rusty Hook, Cousin Sackle, KK Pono Lures right here in San Diego helped us out, Chum Buddy, Fish Dope. BD Outdoors, Voice Image, I, uh, Baja, um, the Baja Charters, um, um, Baja Convoy Baja, Distance. Yeah, the Baja Fishing Convoy. I don't know why I get confused with that one, but it's Baja <laughs> Fishing Convoy. Orchid came out, stepped up, offered up a, a great package for us. We raffled it off or auctioned it off, and Sam. Uh, from Island Tackle came up and, and he bid on it and he won it. So that was a great little win right there for for, for both sides. You know, nice. uh, Wayne. You know, it's great to see the industry. It sounds like they're starting to get together and galvanize around you, and and the fishermen are beginning to realize that hey, we've got some serious issues that uh, are ahead of us that we're going to need to be addressing if we want to experience fishing here in, in California the way we have for the past so many years. But, but tell me, is there, from, from talking with people, is there any one or two issues that seem to be paramount on their mind that uh, it just seems to be that we've got to address? We have to address the apathy in the state first. 
We have a lot of fishermen that get very excited and very upset over what's going on in our politics, but they're not engaging to help us get in the fight. This is going to be a long-term marathon for us to get through. As you can tell, what happened with the DFG commission uh, the last couple of weeks when we got uh, voted in the last two commissioners that are non-consumptive, and now we have two more that just got nominated and they're up for review or approval at the Senate level. If, they, if we continue to let our, our voice be slipped and our position be slipped by people that aren't consumptive and aren't on our side to help us, how are we going to get our way voted through some of these issues? And that's where the, issue, that's where the long-term uh, play has to happen. You know, these things don't happen overnight at any level. We need a very, very large grassroots effort of people that are involved that stay in the fight long-term because without all of those people engaged, we can't stay in the fight to get the right people in the places, in the positions that we need to make a change. Wow. And everybody hey. starts at the local level. Everybody starts somewhere with their influence. Nobody starts at the high level. They all started in local government, local, local councils, commissions, somewhere. And that's where the influence needs to start. And that's why we're so, so big on the grassroots networking, because that's how it begins. Everybody knows somebody. Well, you know, uh, turned out it sounded like it was a great meeting uh, for the Southern California area. Now, again, your focus is going to change down here to the San Diego area. What do you've got happening in San Diego coming up this week? Uh, Tuesday night, May 24th, we're having a a get-together for the San Diego chapter, open membership meeting. Uh, We're going to get together once a month down here in San Diego because we have so many really good uh, microbreweries that we're going to move the event every month to a new brewery and have a good little meeting, and, and hopefully people get together. We can have some beers. We can have some beer, uh, tacos or tapas or whatever we can get for a truck to come into those breweries. And uh, this this week we're going to have it right here at Bolt Brewery down in La Mesa, right by your shop. Yeah, hey, I'm looking forward to that. As a matter of fact, what we're going to do here at Angler's Arsenal, we're just uh, a couple of doors down from we will have an open house between 5 and 9 p.m., which is the hours that you plan to be there. And uh, if anyone wants to come along and purchase something, uh, they're going to be welcome to do that. And uh, we will donate back to the CCA 20% of the gross of the sales that are made at that time. So, uh, Wayne, we're, really awesome. uh, we're on board with you, and uh, we're, uh, we're really looking forward to it. You know, you probably that, that's very generous, very th- generous, John. We really, really appreciate that. Well, that's all right. I also want to thank my employees too because they're going to come in. They're going to volunteer their time too, and and oh, I'll cool. probably owe them a beer or two before the evening's up. But uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got to do it because uh, you know it it isn't going to happen by itself. In fact, we've been hoping it would happen by itself. We've been you know thinking that okay, there's other people that we've entrusted our confidence to that. Uh, you know, should be representing us, and it just turns out that we've fallen a little bit of short. So now we've we've got to go from the defensive to the offensive for sure, Wayne. Absolutely, absolutely. But it, it takes it takes a little bit of effort by a lot of people, and then we can get some uh, traction on these uh, on these uh, issues that we're trying to face. But it's, now, uh, it's support by people like you and your group and this radio station. I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about on how it works getting the word out, getting people to get engaged, everybody helping and pushing in the same direction. And along the way, let's have some fun. doesn't right. mean that it all has to be, you know, pounding the fist. It's, it's, we can have fun and still, still do good. 
you know, Wayne, if you can't relate to us, there's so many other things. You talk about having fun, but there was an issue that almost popped up there in Oceanside that uh, you found out about, and uh, you want to tell us a story on what happened up there. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one. Uh, what it came down was there was an article that was written in the Union Tribune uh, a little while back, and it popped up where it said that the Oceanside City Council was talking about shutting down the pier from 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. I got the word from it, and I happened to be sitting in a meeting up in Oceanside, and it happened where there was a city council member sitting right there in the meeting with me. So I went over and talked to her, and that was Esther Sanchez. Well, Esther Sanchez happened to, be, uh, happened to grow up in Oceanside. She's you know, multi-generation there. They grew up fishing that pier. She understands the fight, and she absolutely was on our side on this one. And so uh, her, she went to the, the um, city manager, and the city manager, you know, was like, well, we got this problem, and it really had nothing to do with fishing. It had everything to do with the homeless population hanging out on the pier and, and, and uh, taking over that whole plaza area at night. So their solution was, I will just shut down the pier. And they were like, no, we can't do that. So Esther Sanchez handed her my card and says, well, you're going to have a fight because CCA is going to come in with a bunch of people. We're going to storm City Hall and and all of that. Michelle Lawrence came back and said, no, 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 we'll think about this one. It hasn't been formalized yet and and everything. Um, But it got taken off the agenda. So that was was a win for us. that, That It was something they were trying to get out of a different issue other than fishing. And but yet we went in there and had some influence and helped out. And we had very good support from a a local council member, which is this is exactly how it works on the on the uh, influence level and the networking. This is what we talk about. Uh, Thank you for that, Wayne. Uh, uh, Just another issue, though, that that's coming up now. There have been uh, some uh, nominees uh, and suggested appointments to certain commissions in California that are important to us. you know, we know there's been resignations of individuals that were pro uh, hunting and fishing, and it seems like uh, people that are taking their place are maybe of a different attitude. Just, uh, just uh, if you can briefly uh, relay to us how that is going. So what happened is we lost three major players at the end of the year on the DFG commission. Two of them were, were uh, commission members, and the uh, other one was our executive director, Sonky Mastro. All three of these players who left are very good supporters of ours, long-term supporters. Um, they just could not put up with the politics anymore. They were getting railroaded, and they got so frustrated they quit. Um, so what happened is it was it's up to the governor to make the appointment. He just announced two new appointments, which now have to be confirmed by the Senate. Those two new appointments are for council members or commission members are um, by non-consumptives. In other words, he made the choice, and he even said it to one of the best candidates we could have ever had, Don Hansen, that the people and the direction that they're taking the the commission is different than what it's been in the past. And that's not a good sign for the hunting and fishing population of the state. Uh, Again, they still have to be confirmed, but then the executive director has also been hired um, and she's more pro towards the environmental side. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I've also heard a nasty rumor that uh, with uh, uh, the environmental side, with the success they believe that they gained in the closures with the MLPA, there is going to be another thrust coming forward to possibly 
do more closures up and down the coast. Uh, are you uh, are you familiar with uh, that particular rumor? Uh, uh, there, there is always that threat. They're on a roll right now. They've had very good success in the way that they're doing things. Um, it is always a threat, John. Um, they have a they have a really good, I guess you'd call it a recipe for success um, on how they're approaching uh, management of our fisheries. Um, they 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 have very well funded initiatives. They are embedded in all the levels of our government, and they are doing a very, very good job of uh, articulating their position, which is to, quote, save the ecology out there so and the environment. So they're, they do have a good position, and, yes, they're going to be coming after more and more of our fisheries at all levels, unfortunately. All right. But that's well, why we need our help and our support. To, to get better coverage and membership because we got to be able to fight this. And there is a way. I mean, we really do believe in the science of our industry. We do believe that there are ways to combat some of it. Now, understand, Coastal Conservation Association is a conservation group, too. We believe in hunters and fishermen and we're the original conservationists out there. So we do believe in the sustainability of our sport. We don't believe in the closures is what we don't believe in. We don't believe that we should be unfairly discriminated against for these closures. The fishermen, have they have not proven any science against the fishermen to prove that we are the harmful part of this program. We're just being discriminated against at this point. And that's, that's part of our fight, that we have, to, we have to get that message out there. Yeah. All right, Wayne. Wayne, if, uh, again, people want to find out more what's happening, uh, get involved. Uh, uh, your next stop is going to be back down here in San Diego. Again, give us the information on where you're going to be, what time, and what uh, people can expect to see. We're going to be at uh, Bolt Brewery Tuesday night, May 24th. Uh, it's open. We're going to have a, a San Diego meeting there uh, with the board of directors, and then it's, we're going to have the regular general meeting from 6 to 9 p.m., at the Bolt Brewery, but hey, come on down, go over to Angler's Arsenal. John, you're going to have your place open. Go in there and buy a lot of good fishing equipment so that you guys can go out and catch all this great fish that's out there right now. And then uh, we'll have this meeting, and every month after that, keep looking up on Facebook, and we'll be, uh, we'll be posting up the very next location. Again, every month we're going to change location and make, keep it fresh because we have so many really good breweries down here that we want to go and visit. <laughs> you know, Wayne, uh, there was just a study put out that the microbreweries in San Diego now outnumber the McDonald's. So that's a pretty good sign, I think. <laughs> wow. That's, I didn't know that's that. pretty good. <laughs> There's 110 McDonald's and 111 microbreweries. Hey, both Brewery is located on Center Street in uh, La Mesa. Just, uh, you know, Google it and you'll find out where it is. Wayne, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thanks a lot for giving us an update on just what's hey. happening. Thank you for having me, guys. Great right. show. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, that's it for the first segment. Uh, we were unable to make contact with uh, Captain Clay Williams. Hopefully he'll call sometime during the show. Let's hope so. Uh, but, uh, hey, this is Dan uh, uh, Vandenberg, Wendy Toshar, and myself. Hop along, John Cassidy. We're still with you. We are coming up next with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? Stay tuned. There's a lot more Raw and Real Radio to come. We'll be back after these messages.
You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio. I, <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. 
Hey, we want to welcome you back to Broad Real Radio. The California Department of Boating and Waterways wants to remind you, Southern California, we're still in a drought. So when you use water, make every drop of it count. Hey, now it's time for the voice of PFO Radio with what the heck is Phil thinking? Man, we've got a lot to talk about tonight because not only are we talking about the voice of Southern California, we are talking to the great Swami, the great soothsayer, the great prognosticator, and the looker into the silver or the crystal ball to see what's happening this coming season, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing tonight? Hey, John, thank you so much for helping me milk this for all it's worth. I really am <laughs> going with this. <laughs> Phil, well, you know, Stan alluded to it. We talked about it last week, and, uh, uh, you know, you, you actually talked about it also. And sure enough, you let six days go by, and it happened. So, you know, great, great prognostication, Phil. Well, John, it's only one albacore, and uh, who, who knows? It is May. It's very, very early for this kind of thing to get going. In fact, I think I said it would be four to six weeks within that time period, any time from that last show. So one fish is not a bad sign to me at all. And, you know, we're dealing with some offshore wind right now, and once that wind stops, and this is a more typical spring. We've got the anchovy. We've got this wind, the more typical type spring that we see in albacore season developing. I think we're going to get outside there, and who knows what we're going to find. If we don't find more albacore, we might find some more bluefin, and things could get really interesting. It was the producer over the weekend that had that one albacore on a day-and-a-half trip. Let's put things in perspective. He had two yellowfin and an albacore. So, again, the offshore scene has been tough for many, many guys. But, boy, that certainly gives rise to some hope. And a lot of folks who are thinking maybe, just maybe, there's cooler water, there's kind of environment that the albacore seem to thrive in might be the year when we see it and again i'll reference back to 98 when we had a strong el nino the previous year we came into 98 and there was some good albacore fishing in san diego so fingers are crossed now offshore today the top hey, 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 phil phil can you hold on for just a minute we've got a yeah. uh, sat phone call from uh, captain clay williams uh, the producer he's on with a uh, uh, up-to-date report on what's happening. Uh, let's go to Captain Clay Williams uh, from the Old Glory. Captain Clay, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Oh, thank you, thank you. Hey, so we're uh, out today. We're looking at a lot of 50 to 100, 100 plus pound bluefin tuna. Uh, holy, kind of reluctant to bite, but uh, we did hook, you know, 15 of them or so. Um, we only boated two. They're uh, big. Bruiser fish, but it was a lot of fish up today. It was very, very impressive. How did you hook those two? Um, this, most of them were on the live bait. Uh, we hit a few on the kite, but we lost them. But they're they're up breezing around all on bird schools. Most of the fish we did hook today was on were on the bait though. And Captain Clay, uh, what area are you fishing in right now and seeing those fish? Uh, we were we were down on the inner banks, the inner banks up uh, there. It was um, you know, pretty short run, and there's a lot of fish there. Very impressive schools. Uh, what was your heaviest fish? Uh, I think here by sixty pounders what we caught. Uh, we had a lot of bigger fish on that we ended up losing. Wow. Was that because the line test was the wrong for the fish? 
Yeah, you know, most of the fish were on the 40-pound test, and it just, they're pretty, pretty good fish. Um, we did, we did hook a couple on the kite, but just they, you know, pulled the hook on them. Yep. Which would have been the right equipment for them. No kidding. Well, Captain Clay Williams from the Old Glory out of H&M Landing. Captain Clay, uh, uh, when are you scheduled to go out again, and are you taking open party reservations? Yes, sir. We're uh, we're running the open party trip here at H&M Landing. Uh, we're running every Friday and Saturday night right now. Starting June 1st, we will be running every night. All right. Now, you heard that the producer picked up an albacore. Uh, did you have any sign of any other species, Clay, or... Has it been uh, bluefin? Um, no, we were out there with the producer yesterday. He was right next to us when he got his albacore. Um, we were in a lot of mixed fish yesterday. It was uh, mixed yellowfin and bluefin. Um, kind of the same thing. It's on very small, like two eyes and a wiggle bait, a little no seam bait, and it's been a little bit tough to get them on the on the bait that we have. They're they're very uh, keyed in on what they're eating right now. But there, there was good volume out where we fished yesterday. Um, the producer did get a nice albacore. I believe it was around 18 or 20 pounder. Um, and they also got a couple of yellowfin. But uh-huh. it was um, a little bit, you know, a little bit tough on the fishing part. It was great on the watching. <laughs> How big was the yellowfin? Um, the yellow, you know, there were yellowfin out there from 20 to 45 pounds. I'd say that's good fish. Great. We know. Yes, sir. Uh, it's great. To... Captain Clay, we know the we know the red crab have come inshore. Are you seeing the uh, the red crab out there? And is the water cooling down? Um. No. Right now, I'm driving home, and we're in 66 and a half degree water. Wow. Well, Captain Clay, if it's we want to if we want to get aboard and 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 go on out with you on the old glory, uh, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, you can call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144, or you can call me directly at 858-354-5712. All right, and before uh, we disconnect with you, uh, uh, Clay, uh, anything else that the, the fishermen need to know if uh, they uh, want to go out with you uh, next weekend? I, I would highly suggest bringing reels that hold Large line capacity with at least 40-pound test. At least. I'd use 40, 50-pound test to catch the fish we're hooking. Um, we did have a few guys that dropped down in line size, and they don't have any more line on their reels. That, so that's the problem. When you're looking at nice that 100-pound stuff that's out there, or and some of it's bigger, but that 60 to 100-pound fish, most people don't get a chance to catch that stuff, and when you hang it, you know, especially when you get that 80 to 100 pound fish uh, on 40 pound, you're going to have to have the right equipment. I get two speed reels. Make sure you're backed up with Spectra and ready to rock, and everything's. And you've got to have the right rod to go with it, guys. All right. Well, Captain Clay, man, we look forward to you coming on in. We'll talk to you during the week, and we want to thank you very much for. Uh, uh, taking time to give us a call and uh, updating us on what's happening out there. All right. Well, I really appreciate you having me on the radio today. Um, we right. hope to see you guys all. It's um, very good spring spring fishing right now. It's some really quality lifetime, once-in-a-lifetime type of yep. fish. 
You know, I'll say they're 100-pounders. They're 100-plus-pound fish out there. Uh, we were looking at very nice fish today. All right. Captain Clay Williams from the Old Glory. Captain Clay, thank you so much. And, again, we'll stay in contact with you during the season to see how you're doing. Appreciate you giving us a call. All right. Thanks again. You guys have a great afternoon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Phil, I apologize for that right in the middle of your uh, your report. But, uh, you know, why don't you continue on now with what you're saying, what you were uh, reporting on? Oh, did we lose Phil? Oh, did we wind up losing Phil? I don't know. Uh, Phil, are you there? There he is. Yeah, Phil. Yeah. Hey, sorry yeah. we, we so rudely interrupted you over there to get that satellite call and appreciate you uh, giving up some time for uh, uh, Captain Clay Williams of the Old Glory. Oh, are you kidding? There's nothing like getting those on-the-water reports or picking the, you know, the brains of these guys. And he's Clay is right. I mean, I, I, this is a perfect segue into the Bezendine story that I want to tell you. The owner-operator yeah. of the Prowler on a 21-foot cobble with Greg Trompas. A lot of people know that name. He's been in the business. He's a really fishy guy. And buzzed through a surface iron in a big jag of bluefin tuna and hung a big bluefin. He said he pulled his guts out on it for a half hour, had it on 65-pound spectra, and it ended up being a 111-pound bluefin tuna. Right before he made that cast on that BFT, a 400-pound swordfish came breaching out of the water to add to the excitement. And if that's not enough, two weeks before this, on this very same 21-footer, Greg Trompas had 121-pound bluefin tuna. Not bad for a, 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 basically a skiff and a couple of guys who are as fishy as they get catching two fish over 100 pounds in the last couple of weeks. So that is exciting stuff, and that just adds to what uh, we just heard from Clay a moment ago about these big fish that are rolling around. You definitely want to have heavy tackle. Offshore today. Top Gun 80 limits a yellowtail 15 to 30 pound grade fish. We're looking at Catalina Island where there's more and more squid. I said, also, you forgot, you're talking about my predictions. I said Wendy would have a good trip, and I have photographic evidence that she did <laughs> with a beautiful. <laughs> and uh, I would have expected a little bit more sea bass. I thought here with the full moon, there's been some good yellowtail fishing, although today a lot of boats calling in here to me are telling me the water's off color at Catalina Island. And the bite was not as good as it has been on a mixed grade of yellowtail. A lot of three to six pound yellowtail, a few bigger than that. Live squid, a little bit of it over there. So that is uh, helping out quite a bit. The Ada An is a boat out of Berth 55. Beautiful. It's the old seahorse. And they've got that thing really looking good. He had 40 yellows yesterday and some really good fishing. Red crabs on the beach here in Seal Beach. So we're seeing more and more of that. And on the freshwater side of things, John, PathwaysToAdventures.org. That's PathwaysToAdventures.org. He's got a private facility up there near Lake Irvine. They're going to get going on Memorial Day weekend. You can go up there. You can take classes on how to fish. There's open fishing. You don't need a license. They provide lunch. They provide all your equipment. It really looks like a great outdoor experience for everybody. Pathways to Adventure. And it's on PFORadio.com if uh, you need to learn some more there. Runyon Run continues tonight. Channel Islands, tons of rockfish. I'm off to Catalina Island on Tuesday. We're doing our annual trip where we go over and we actually take the 5th and 6th grade, or the 4th and 5th grade. I'm getting too old to remember. But two <laughs> grade kids from Catalina Island, we 
pick them up in Avalon, take them out for a day's fishing, and uh, really looking forward to that. That's always a very special trip. Hey, uh, uh, Phil, we also have to congratulate Josh Arbenz fishing on a private boat six miles off of Oceanside Harbor, trolling a Rapala, a 41-pound white sea bass, and they said that they were just trolling through a bunch of birds. They saw signs of fish all over the place. Couldn't get any more of those, I'm sorry, yellowfin tuna to bite, but a 41-pound yellowfin tuna by Josh Arbenz, six miles off the Oceanside Harbor. That's good nice. fish. Hey, I saw that fish. Nice going, Josh. That is a beautiful YFT. Man, you know, uh, Phil, just quickly, uh, there seemed to be uh, a lot more yellowtail uh, heading up north uh, than we've been seeing down here. Uh, uh, any reason you think for that happening? Water temperature, uh, squid coming in? Uh, what do you think? I think that second factor you just mentioned, that live squid really has been the key to turning that bite on, and that fish has responded well to it. Most of the guys who have live squid are able to get 20, 30, 40 yellows, and sometimes they're up over 100 on the yellowtail. So, John, I think you're absolutely right on the live squid. And, and of course, you're also right on the water champ. Water champ is perfect up here for that yellow bite to continue at Catalina. That looks very consistent and very good. And we're going to deal with some springtime wind on that offshore situation. But once that wind finally backs off, it's normal, it's natural. It gives us all those breaks that are so necessary for finding albacore. I think we're going to see some more albie in our future here very, very soon. You know, uh, Phil, I I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I, it's in the same light, I can't remember a time when I've seen more of the boats coming in with limits of white sea bass. It looks like it's an excellent white sea bass uh, 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 season, too. Don, it's just that kind of year, you know, where we're going to have the warm water species and the colder water species. And you're right, you know, sea bass like the cooler water. They follow the market squid around, and we are certainly seeing evidence that that is going to be very very good also this year and so you know i mean if you listen to that buzz brizendine story a 400 pound broadbill comes flying out of the water he launches a jig plunks it right in the middle of a bunch of bluefin and hangs a 111 pound fish that he pulls on and nobody can pull on a fish any harder than buzz can and gets it man that says it all that sets the scene that sets the bar awfully high let's put it that way for 2016 isn't it isn't that great? Uh, a 400-pound uh, 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 fish uh, feeding on 100-pound tuna. That's got that's got to be the story of the month. <laughs> I'm not so sure he was feeding on that, but uh, <laughs> you know, may have been. All right. Hey, Phil. If we want to stay connected at all, it's happening in Southern California when it comes to the uh, the saltwater scene, and also a lot of the freshwater reports that you have. How's the best way to stay connected with you? Muchas gracias, Juan Edison Caballero. You can do that by going to pforadio.com or go to PFO on Facebook. You can also go to aventurasaladelibre.com or go to aventurasaladelibre on Facebook. And, of course, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere else. And we'll be following all the very, very latest and keeping you all in touch with everything that goes on in this really exciting season. All right, grazie molto bene, paisan. You know, we'll be talking to you during the week. Good luck in this trip that you're going out on Tuesday. I hope you're going to have a lot of firsthand information to come back with when we talk to you next Sunday night on Raw and Real Radio. Thanks. We let you mucho, John. We sure will. We'll have a great report, and thanks again. Wendy, Stan, John, you're the best, and great to be with all your great listeners. 
All right. Phil Friedman, the voice with what the heck's Phil thinking about. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next will be Captain James Nelson with a California Inshore Report, and we're also going to get a report from Wendy on how her trip went last week. So still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, welcome back to Ron Real Radio, everyone. Stan Vandenberg is with us. So is Wendy Tarshahara. Hey, the California Department of Boating and uh, Waterways wants to remind you, safety does not happen by accident. So make sure you go out. Before you go out, all of your safety gear is checked. It's up to date so that you can have the greatest time ever on the water. Hey, now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, welcome to the show. Well, great, uh, John. Thanks again for having me. How are you guys? Hey, we are doing sensational. But the, the question of this day, how did the past week go for you? We know the, the weather was a little dicey offshore. What did you do to take your customers out to catch fish? Well, we didn't go offshore, first of all. Hey, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you stay around the bay. You stay uh, maybe a little bit in the... Uh, bed area, but that's, you're good to go. All right, and and what what was hap- what's happening in the bay that uh, that we're looking at? You know, we know that we've had the red crab in there. Is there still evidence of red crab in our inshore waters? Well, I you know, there's some red crab that we've seen around. You know, I don't. There's some fish coughing them up. Some aren't, but you know, I, I didn't 
fish too much around the Mission Bay area. I guess that's where they really washed up a lot. All right. And, you know, I also heard now that, uh, you know, uh, Phil told us there's a Grunion run. We know Grunion run in San Diego Bay and a lot of the bays. Do you do you, uh, you know, find the fishing different uh, when the, the Grunion are running, uh, Jim? You know, John, I I don't really notice those things. I just take folks out, we go fishing. <laughs> you know, especially with what we've been doing. I mean, and we're not, you know, I guess if we were trying to chase Corvina or Halibut all the time, that would be one thing. But really, a lot of times what we're doing is, is going after what's fighting. And that's, when you, when you do that, you really open yourself up to a lot more opportunities. Just get out there and have fun. And that's what we do. Well, you know, variety, I guess, is the key word because uh, I follow you uh, on Facebook, uh, James Nelson, and just noticed that uh, one of the clients that you took today, uh, uh, you seemed to have uh, bat rays, you seemed to have sharks, and then in the mix there was a a bonefish. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We had a really good variety, eight different species today, and a lot of times that's what happens. It's pretty cool. Wow, you know, uh, you know, uh, do you fish much with, uh, uh, or had you fished much with uh, squid, uh, Captain James? Because uh, right now, trying to get any squid with regards to bait or anything like that is almost uh, uh, is almost impossible. Well, we do, but again, you're looking at the, just trying to catch fish that's biting, so we just try to just stick with what they're they're on, and you know, you can't go wrong with shrimp, and you can't go wrong with uh, any type of other pinfish type meat, like sardines, anchovies, whatever's happening. I mean, and and that's really the thing. I mean, the fish are out there. They're not going to keep their mouth shut until they get squid. I mean, if the bait boats are bringing in sardines, well, guess what? That's because there's sardines out there, and that's what the fish are eating. So it's pretty simple math, in in my opinion, but, you know, some folks like to complicate fishing. Uh, You know that, John. I mean, how many different colors of worms do you pour? (laughs) <laughs> you know, folks, we just like to complicate it. It's, just keep it simple. Just go fishing. Well, you know, running the store over here, I know what you're talking about, uh, Jim, because we sell, you know, we probably have 70 colors uh, that are on the shelves of, uh, you know, baits to use for the uh, inshore fishermen. And it, it's daily. This guy comes in, man, this is uh, the color they're biting on. It's my favorite color. And the next guy got a completely different color, and the next girl comes in, got a completely different color, and the next person comes in, says, none of this works, make me uh, this color, because I think uh, I can get them to bite on this, and it is, I guess you throw what you have confidence in. Exactly, and that's that's really what it is, and again, keep it simple to what you know and what you like, and go out and do that, and you know, you don't have to complicate things. I think what happens to a lot of folks is they, they think they have their favorite color until they see somebody else catch a fish on a different one. And then all of a sudden they have to have that color. And then they have to have this. And that can go back and forth. So even for you guys who, you know, the guys who really get into what they do and just stick with what they do, they'll catch fish. You know, just stick with Jim, what's the most like consistent color you throw in the, in the bay, for instance? Um, day in, day out. You know, and that, that's a great question, Tim, because, again, I'll, I'll say it over and over and over that color doesn't matter, and I've proven that by sample packs that I've gotten, but when it comes time for me to go in and to the shop and buy it day in, day out, chartreuse. 
Yeah, something with chartreuse. I know uh, kale brown and chartreuse. chartreuse the, the old, that's a standard, yeah. that gold, brown and chartreuse colors. That goes back to 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really like that lime gold chartreuse just because, but really it's the chartreuse. It, and it just goes, you're right, Stan. I mean, listen to a lot of the old timers. They'll tell you, you know, till the day they die, if it ain't chartreuse, it ain't no use. <laughs> well, yeah. there you have it. But hey, that's Captain just Jim, one of the key. That's one of the key colors. We have the red crab that's involved with our our offshore arena now, but the fish have been keyed on it. And right now, if you go to find a red piece of iron in the shops, it's negative. You can't find it. It goes out as quick as it comes in. You can get plastics to do the same thing, but you know that. Offshore is not inshore, and, and, and then when you come inside the bays, it can change again. Still, you know, uh, the, these fish will react to whatever's down there. you just got to put it in front of them and make it work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's really it. I, it's Again, it's one thing for them to be keyed in on one bait because there's so much of it available, but they're not going to just stop eating. All right. And Captain Jim, was there a memorable catch this week uh, that uh, uh, that comes to mind? You know, the, John. Quite frankly, they're I think they're all memorable. <laughs> you know, that's a different color than we were talking about. What color is memorable? <laughs> very, very good. Well, Captain James Elson, you know, we're getting ready uh, offshore for a great season and. Inshore should be uh, just as fantastic. Uh, we got the kids getting out of school here in a little bit. I know your schedule is, uh, you know, being rocked. People want to get a hold of you. Go on a trip, have a fun time, whether it's a half day, a whole day, whatever it is. Uh, find out exactly what you do and, uh, you know, how it it meets uh, what the fishermen want to do. How's the best way to go about doing all that? Well, you can always reach me online. I, I know you also have a link there on your website, so you can go, go to thefishicon.com, or you can go to rodreelradio.com and get a link there. Or my, my favorite is just give me a phone call, 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James Selsa, The Fish Icon. Thanks a lot for a great report. We look forward to talking to you next Sunday night, Jim, and finding out, getting updated on what's happening on our local coastal waters. Appreciate it, Jim. Always, always, John. Thanks again. Stan, Wendy, you guys have a great week. All right. You too, buddy. Go get them. Right. You know, Stan, uh, last week, too, uh, Wendy, uh, when she was on with us, she was excited. Uh, There was uh, a trip that she was going to be taking. She had some anticipation of it being a good one, and we got Wendy with us right now. And, Wendy, what happened? I had a great time. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy, I have never known you. I've never known you to go anywhere and not have a great time. But (laughs) why was this different than any other time? You know, I haven't caught a white sea bass in over two years, and uh, I had the chance to go on a Western Outdoor News trip and uh, go on the options. And I've never been on that boat, but I've heard lots of great stories and you know they Wes is always on fish so um we went we went Sunday night and uh no we went Monday night and fished Tuesday and um there's squid over at the island and we we got bait and started fishing all night long and you know 
I'm getting a little old for this. Because, <laughs> boy, was I tired staying up all, all night long and then fishing in the morning and fishing all day. But I was one of the lucky ones who was able to hook up to a nice white sea bass. Oh, man. Well, now, give us some nice, of the details. Nice being really nice. you got a slug. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, first of all, tell us the option. Where is that running out of? Uh, options is running out of Pier Point Landing, and it's a six-pack boat. All right. And when you said you went to get bait, uh, was it san- uh, sardines, anchovies, or were they able to make bait with uh, squid? Um, they made some bait, and they also bought some squid. Okay. And it was all squid. Live squid? All live squid. All yeah, right. baby, there's the secret. Now you and started... you know what's really neat? I learned a lot on this trip. Um, I, I, you know, I fish uh, coastal white sea bass in our skiff, and um, going to the islands and fishing the way the captain likes to fish, you know, and it's always a good idea to listen to what the captain has to say, and I listened to everything he said, and, and I got lucky. All right. You know, that, there's a lesson there, because you go on these boats with these guys. I mean, Wes is really good, and, and I've fished with Wes before. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's there every day, and he takes in all the information from everybody he can get and then puts it to use on the water out there. And a lot of people go, I'm going to force feed them my way and, and don't listen, whereas, you know, you, I'm sure, just said, well, okay, what do I do? What do I throw? Where do I go? And it worked. Right. Wendy, uh, what did you catch that fish on, and how did you rig it? Um, So Wes likes to use heavy line, and uh, the heaviest stick I brought had um, 50 pound on it. Um, I had, it was my LX Abbott, and um, I rigged it with a lead head and squid. And one of the things that uh, he said that uh, when you rig your lead head, and if you're fishing shallow water, you pin on one. If, you, if you're fishing deeper, you can pin on a couple. Um, but uh, he said, you know, all you need is, is one squid on your, on your jig. So he, he, he said where to, he told us where to cast. I cast out that way, and I worked my lead head back in, and boom, right, you know, almost underneath the boat, I got bit. Um, I got bit midship on the starboard side. Went up around to the bow, went to the port side, and midship again. Boom, got my fish in. Wes gaffed it for me. High fives everywhere. They stuck another gaff in it um, when I stepped down um, to the main deck, and uh, they pulled it in. And it, it, it was really neat. I was high-fiving, and I didn't realize at the end of the day when they wanted to take pictures, I didn't realize mine was the big fish. He said, oh, come on, take pictures. So I went to go grab the, the smaller fish. And they're like, no, 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 yours is the bigger one. And my eyes just lit up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, how much did that thing weigh? Uh, it weighed, at the end of the day, it weighed 42 pounds. So I'm thinking maybe it was 44, 45 pounds. Nice, nice, nice. I don't care how you cut it. I, I was watching the Facebook pages there when it came over the came out, and, and you and Wes with the fish when it came over the rail, and going, I don't care how you cut it, that's a big one. Right. <laughs> well, Wendy, congratulations on a nice white sea bass. And i got to tell you, if you're getting older, you can't tell it by looking at you, okay? <laughs> Thank you, John. Hey, guys, we're going to have to take a break. You can sleep later. 24 hours is nothing. <laughs>
Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. That's the end of the first hour of Ron Real Radio, but there's still lots more Ron Real Radio to come up. Coming up next, uh, uh, Kevin Kidd Tackleberry. He's the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes. We're going to get caught up on what's happening on the San Diego City Lakes, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about San Vicente and see what information we can get about the opening of that lake. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quanta Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, the California Department of Boating and Waterways wants to remind you, if you are the driver of a boat on the water, motorized, do not drink. Man, don't become a statistic. Enjoy your day on the water. Hey, now it's time for a guest that I always enjoy talking to. I t- get a chance to talk to him a lot at the lake, but 
it's he's always working at this time. We don't get a chance to get him on the radio much. He's really the guy that's uh, uh, in know of what's happening on the San Diego City Lakes. His name is Kevin Kidd Tackleberry. He's a, a Tackleberry. He is the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes. Kevin, welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, John. I'm glad to help out. All right. Hey, we have Stan Vandenberg and Wendy with us tonight, and they'll be chiming in. But, you know, one of the reasons why I asked you to come aboard, I, I just needed a, an update, you know, in this time of uh, water conservation and drought and w- low water levels. Uh, you know, San Diego, when it comes to fishing, is a world-class destination almost for bass fishing. We have get anglers literally from all over the world coming here. And I just wanted to go through and run down what's happening on our major lakes here in San Diego. Are we there? Yeah, Kevin, yeah. are you with us? Uh-oh. Well, Kevin, looks like we've got a bad connection. Well, we're working on Kevin there, trying to get him back on. Lost in the box is what we used to say. <laughs> yeah, Jorge, see if you can reconnect with Kevin because uh, we want to talk about some of the things happening with the San Diego Lakes and get uh, uh, some information on uh, not only uh, all the major lakes here in San Diego, but also. Uh, uh, find out what's happening at uh, Lake San Vicente. Uh, you know, Jorge, uh, Kevin, are you back with us? Hello, Kevin. Well, doggone it, that, that box is still, he's still lost in the box. Or we're we're going to have to get him somewhere here. Oh, man. You know, well, hey, well, we were going to first start off with uh, Lake Otai. And Jorge, let us know when we have that connection again, will you please? You know, we've been waiting. What? How long it's been since NV has been open? Well, it was uh, 2007 when it closed. And uh, Kevin, are you with us again? No, not okay. yet. Well, he has right. still work on that one. Uh, you know, no. I got the 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 chance, and so did Wendy. Wendy and I actually fished together on uh, on Diamond Valley before it opened, and got a chance to play with that that fishery, which was lots of fun. I mean, tons of fun. Uh, press day was even more fun. I got to fish with Greg Hines' brother, uh, Larry Hines, which was my brother and I went down there and played with them, and it's great. When when Sanvi reopens and it's got an expansive amount, because I know that they've grown the lake. I, I don't know exactly know what uh, the actual acre feet that the thing was going to be, but it's going to be a whole new reservoir. And, and having seven years without, or five years, whatever, any amount of time without being able to fish this pond is going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't care how you cut it. I mean, look, they just did, what, Diamond Valley for the last month or a year, and it changed the fishing dramatically enough that those guys got out there. I mean, they had hundreds of people go out there fishing. It's been great. So anticipation for San V is huge. It is, uh, and we have Kevin back with us. Kevin, uh, I believe you're there. I am. It's going to be a little on the windy side, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I didn't move the location to get better reception. Hey, you know, on Ron Real Radio, we are on the windy side here all the time with Wendy Kosh- Toshihara <laughs> as our co-host. So. 
Hey, you know, hey, Kevin, uh, just uh, quickly to go over some of the lakes, uh, you know, uh, again, San Diego City Lakes, world-class fisheries, but water levels have been up and down. We're, we're in a, a drought situation. Uh, let's start off with a lake uh, like Otai. It seems to be uh, filled all the time. Is water being drained out of Barrett? And uh, what's uh, in the future for Lake Otai? Well, no. Otai should stay the same. They're, pretty, they're bringing water in from um, a different source. It's not going to be from the lake. They should not draft for majority of the summer. And Barrett, they've pretty much tapped out as much water as they can take from there. So you should see high water levels are about the same other than evaporation, but not much change for most of the summer. Now, it could change if they had some major thing happen, but the plan right now is to keep it about the same level it is right now. Okay, and then moving over to Lake Hodges, uh, you know, Lake Hodges is uh, one of the shallowest lakes here in San Diego uh, County. It has the largest watershed, though, of any of the lakes, but it seemed to be continuously low. You know, we've been told that uh, they can bring in uh, water from up above on uh, Mount Israel, but uh, what's, what's in store for Hodges? Well, they're probably going to remain pretty much the level it is now. There's a minimum that they can draft for Oh, did we lose him? Oh, it is. Bummer. Uh, that windy, you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's a, uh, as he was saying, there's a minimum that they can draft. They're going to keep the water at Hodges the same. Uh, uh, the thing is, is there was a great bite, crankbait bite over at Hodges. It was only on for a few weeks. And then with the shallowness of Hodges and all the organic material and vegetation that that uh, uh, was submerged when the water came up. Now there's a big algae bloom, so uh, that bite has died off a little bit. But you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see Hodges coming on back because Hodges is a a world class fishery. It stocked Diamond Valley, so all the fish that you're getting in Diamond Valley right now originally came from Lake Hodges. So you know that had to be a, a good fishery. Uh, Jorge, do we have Kevin back again? Okay. Let us know when that happens, okay? Uh, the other thing uh, we wanted to talk about a little bit about is we wanted to talk about uh, Lake El Capitan. And Lake El Capitan has been drawn down severely. It's uh, 70 feet below the uh, 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 the spillway. and But the uh, city of San Diego has said, hey, we've drawn enough out of there of what we need. We're going to try and keep that lake at a constant level so uh, the water will stay about eight feet above the launch, launch ramp uh, uh, through the summer. If uh, there's any water loss there, it's going to be only because of uh, uh, evaporation. And El Cap is fishing extremely well right now. There was a night tournament with the El Cone Ford Night Tournament Series uh, that was there this Saturday. In the night tournaments, uh, we limit the uh, uh, the number of fish you can bring to weigh in to uh, three fish only for the weigh-in. And the best three fish were caught by Ryan Escutia and his partner wife. They had 17 pounds of fish uh, with 57 boats fishing in that event. So uh, uh, they're still great fishing, even with the pressure that's on that lake, low water levels, uh, different spots to fish, but uh, El Capitan is, is still fishing well, and it looks like uh, we'll have uh, uh, great fishing there still during the summer, and especially for uh, night fishing tournaments. Well, when you're looking at a five- to six-pound fish, 
average, you know, that's what that's what that that weight is when you're looking at uh, a winning uh, a three fish event. That's really good. When you're looking at Lake Hodges, Hodges was one of the lakes that they took the Florida strain from that really fostered all of the other lakes in in California for our our big Florida strain fish. Um, and it's I don't know it it has a an element where it can get under that bridge that that uh, is in the backwaters there and then it stays this side of the bridge. I don't know where the water is now for Hodges uh, or how they're going to keep it in there. I don't know how deep the lake is either, but I fished it several times. It's a great lake. That uh, area is a pasture now, uh, Stan. <laughs> it's just a pasture now. Yeah. All the areas back there, so it's yeah. not, it's nowhere near the bridge, huh? No. Hey, we've got Kevin back with us. Kevin, uh, you're connected with us again? Well, there may be dogs, and I'm up in a tree, so we'll do about <laughs> <laughs> Hold your hand up really high. You know, right. Kevin, uh, we were talking, uh, oh, we are with uh, uh, Kevin uh, Kid uh, Tackenberry and Tackenberry and and. And he is the uh, head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes. We were kind of going over the lakes. Kevin, while you were gone, we were talking a little bit about the stability of El Capitan, the great fishing that was there. There was a night tournament there on Saturday. Uh, uh, three fish uh, took 17.5 pounds to, to win it. That's still a pretty good catch considering how that lake has been pumping out fish for, you know, it's got to be four or five years right now. But tell us about the level uh are they able to draw any water out of San Vicente to keep that lake level, or is it just going to remain where it is right now and just be affected by evaporation? They're going to keep it the level. They were going to draft it another five or six feet, but we would have lost the launch ramp. So they've shifted things around, and they should be pulling from San Vicente. So LCAP should be good for the summer. And again, I, I, barring some big change or emergency, we should see good fishing there through most of the summer. All right. And, you know, uh, uh, another lake I wanted to talk just briefly about uh, because of the fact it's right next to us here at the shop. It gets a, a lot of pressure. It's probably one of the best urban lakes that you can find, uh, you know, anywhere in San Diego County. And that's Lake uh, Murray. And, and Lake Murray is uh, a lake that... Uh, we can fish on based on the honor system. And, and tell us a little bit about how the fishing at Lake Murray works, Kevin. Well, there's a couple options you have, either buying a concession or there's iron rangers around the, the reservoir, and they can purchase those at that time. Um, I've not been familiar with the fishing recently, but I can tell you we've got some underwater video of fish in there, 15 to 18 pounds uh, oh, yeah. when they used to stock trout. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But as it stands now, uh, it's sunrise to sunset. And you can purchase the permits. You can even get it advanced if you want to. But most of them are just, most people on the other, di uh, the different parts of the lake, there's about three or four iron rangers around the reservoir that you can purchase your permit at. Now, you say that fishing's supposed to end at sunset. And, you know, that's a lake that, uh, unfortunately, you'll find a lot of people still fishing after that particular time. Uh, uh, <clears throat> why is that discouraged, uh, Kevin? I think more than anything is because we've had some issues in the evenings, and there's no way to control the safety of some of the people. Though they may be shoreline fishing, sometimes there's a tuber out that will be out late. And I think it's more of a safety issue that we have people off the lake at that time. We're able to respond and control things while there's staff there, and staff leaves usually about a half hour after sunset. So 
we try to be pretty diligent at keeping it or getting everybody out at sunset. I know there's that evening bite and everyone wants to stay. We wish we could stay longer, but as it stands now, unless some, something changes, um, it's just sunrise to sunset. You know, we've we've uh, heard stories about uh, uh, people being hassled up at the lake. Uh, sometimes there's even crime going on there with cars being broken into. We, you know, I guess we want to tell people that that's something that uh, the San Diego City uh, Police Department uh, uh, takes care of, and uh, they watch on what's happening down there. And, you know, even though it's a great temptation to go down there and fish, it's something that's not encouraged and shouldn't be done, especially during these uh, summer months. Yeah, we, we empathize with people that want to get that evening bite, and most of them just want to catch fish. Unfortunately, we have people who... Uh, it's secondary nature to drinking and partying down there. So um, I know it's a great temptation. We're just asking you, please, at sunset, um, it's time to reel things in. You know, and, and that's one thing I want to bring up about when it comes especially the shore fishing because it has spoiled so many fishing opportunities here in the Southern California area on private ponds and a lot of other areas that the the shore fishermen, uh, unfortunately, sometimes have it. There are just a few that uh, they get negligent, they leave their trash, they leave styrofoam cups, uh, they leave their snack bags and everything there on the shoreline, and it it just is something that, that spoils the uh, uh, the fishing opportunity for the vast majority of people. But to say it's the, uh, used to be the 1%, unfortunately, like the 10% that tend to get at least some degree to some of good, almost cash up. They're very good at, at, at gym and the fishery, but occasionally we have someone that doesn't. So always takes their part in making it. All right. Hey, uh, we're speaking with the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes, uh, Kevin uh, Kid Tackleberry. And, and Kevin, uh, again, you're breaking uh, in and out. Uh, we're going to take a break right now, but we want you to come back because, uh, hey, we don't want to ignore the elephant in the room. That's Lake Sam Cindy. I know you got a lot of current information on what's happening over there. So try and stay connected with us. We're going to take a break. And uh, you, you okay, Kevin? I'm good. I'm not going to move. I moved a little bit. and. It's getting difficult stand. Just lick your finger on the other hand and stick it straight <laughs> okay. up in the air. It, it'll be okay. Just okay. assume that position, Kevin. Hey, <laughs> hey we're going to take a break right now. Stan Wendy and Kevin Kidd Tackenberry uh, from San Diego City Lakes. We'll be back with, uh, we're going to talk about Lake San Vicente. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more Rod and Real Radio to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. 
Love California, vote California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is un equaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I are here, and we are speaking with the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes, Kevin Kid Tackenberry, and uh, we've been discussing uh, what's been happening with the San Diego City Lakes, and we're going to try and talk a little bit about San Vicente, Lake San Vicente. Kevin, are you with us still? I'm here, hanging on. <laughs> okay. Hey, Kevin, I, the, the one question, that, you know, I think there are a thousand people out there asking it right now. Why the heck isn't San Vicente open? Uh, we've anticipated, we were hoping for some time to get it open earlier. One of the issues is the t- new construction, it's absolutely beautiful, but we're having issues with the uh, launching facility and the dock. We have some hazards there that have got to and that's pretty much what we've been waiting on. They've re-engineered a new system for the self-adjusting dock that has been one of the big problems. And until we get that cleared, we're, and we're hoping soon, uh, we just can't open it. would be a risk to the public using it. So that's the main reason. And everyone, we're getting literally dozens of calls every week, and everyone's um, biting the bit 
to get in there. We're doing our best to get it open. Prepare our hands are tied until the contractor is is done correcting the problem. That's basically an unsafe uh, dock issue and launch ramp. So it it does it isn't because of the uh, uh, the water utility department or San Diego City Lakes wanting to delay the opening uh, for uh, you know whatever obscure reasons there are. It's actually a matter of public safety of what you're talking about, and I understand it. It happens to center around a cable that, in order to uh, try and uh, uh, gain access to the dock, someone would either have to either high hurdle it or limbo underneath it, and and this is the the real cause of uh, uh, of the problem. Yes, that that is that you hit the nail on the head. That is it, um, and we're hoping that this new design will correct that problem. And uh, we're crossing our fingers that everything goes well. Well, you know. I know we're all eager to get on the lake, and this will probably be something five years from now. We won't even be thinking about this because we'll be out there uh, uh, catching fish. And, and and tell us from what the uh, the shocking that's been done by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. What is the status of the fish population on the lake? Uh, doing it, we can, but it, it needs to be a little bit more. Oh, right in the middle of that. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, talk to me. Talk to me. I'm right here. <laughs> we want to know what the fishing is like, Kevin. Man, ladies and gentlemen, obviously got to apologize for the uh, the connection, having a hard time. It is that we don't want to, and and trying to get a hold of Kevin uh, is tough. I, I have had conversations, though, with the uh, chief biologist uh, for the Department of Fish and Wildlife, uh, Russell Black. He has done several shockings out there. Now, you have to realize when they send the shocking boat out there, the shocking boat, the shock only goes down to a, you know, a very nominal number of feet deep and the range around the boat. And uh, it doesn't hurt the fish. What it does, it stuns them. Fish come to the surface. They're able to make a count. If they have some fish of, that they want to look at a little more closely, they can do that. And it, it turns out that, from the shocking that they've done, there seem to be very good populations of fish. The the one thing that maybe they've been talking about, though, that there have not been any big fish. Now, Kevin, are you back with us? I'm so sorry. It's windy, and when the tree moves here, I think it's a change. <laughs> you know, that's why I said crawl further up in the tree, lick your finger, and stick it straight up in the air on the other hand, not the one you're holding the phone in. It'll help a, a little bit. You know, I want to volunteer my professional services to come down there and pre-fish the lake for, for, for uh, you know, the, the time when you get the press day, just to make sure that that fishery is okay. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, we were talking a little bit about the, the shocking that uh, Russ Black uh, from the Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife has done. Uh, uh, you know, he's seen, uh, you know, some fish there, but tell us what your feeling is from having been out on the lake and, and patrolled around on it. Probably the best fishery I have seen in years. Um, I would equate it to, and you've probably heard this before, it's like Barrett on steroids. It's the diving we've done, the fishery is so healthy, and there are not only a lot of fish, there's a lot of large fish. Um, we've seen quite a few fish over 8 pounds and even above 10 pounds. So 
I'm excited. I mean, uh, the boiling and the amount of fish we see out there is is pretty phenomenal. Um, I think it's going to be amazing for, I don't know how long, hopefully a long time, but um, I guess I've heard from what uh, Russell was doing that there are smaller fish, or a lot of the smaller ones, but we've seen a majority of the fish that we've seen, depending on the depth, has been over five pounds. So it's a real healthy fishery. Wow. Well, Kevin, you know, the, the, the healthiness of a lake really depends on the spawn and, and how much on the ongoing growth of the fishery, uh, how it will grow into the future. So, I mean, it's been a, a few years here. It's been sitting in a stagnant situation where the fish have had a chance without fishery, any fishery on the, the lake, to spawn and then grow. So there's got to be a fairly healthy contingent of smaller fish that will continue to grow into the lake, plus the fishery that's in it. What about the bait situation? Is a shad and, and perch population kept up so that the fish have something to eat in there? Oh, that's fantastic. Um, lots and lots of, of, of bait in the water. And even uh, we've had two spawns, it looks like a bass, and there's, there's nests everywhere, and it looks... I mean, it looks great. Um, and hopefully, we'll keep the water is, is quite high, and they're still plan to bring the water uh, potentially a little bit more. Um, I just see it as being a, one of the better fisheries I've seen in some time at any of the reservoirs. So I'm, well, I'm excited. Well, you know, we've, the lake is. Tell us where it started and where it's at now for acre feet, and and as that lake rises, you've got a lot of brush and a lot of. Uh, stuff that that fish can, especially the bait fish and the small fry can can hide in if there's brush in the lake or, or if it goes back further in some of those arms, this can be a, a real boon to the, to the fishery in the future. The structure is going to be great. Uh, one of the things is we could see on a plot map kind of where the water level is going to be, but until you actually go out there and look, it's completely transformed. A lot of the arms that were short now go back a half mile or a quarter mile back farther up into the oaks and up in, into the rocky areas. So it's it's beautiful. I mean, I, I see this as being not only great structure for the fish, but um, a lot of great habitat for them also. So uh, I see this as being a, a great destination for fishing in a long time into the future just by the topography of the lake. Um, what ver- again, how many vertical uh, feet is the, the rays going to? I mean, the lake's going to rise here before the the end here. Well, the plants changed a couple times, but for they need to do testing on the dam, so they bring it up between twenty and thirty feet at a time, and then they'll they'll test things. Um, and uh, my understanding is the plan is to bring it up about another twenty feet. Now, I I don't know. There's been changes along the way, but but at some point they're going to have to do some testing at the higher water. So. At some point, I believe they hope to bring this up about another 20 feet. So what, where is that from where the lake was to where it is now and where it may be later? Well, it's about 121 feet over Old Spill, I, I believe, <laughs> is, is the height. So it's, it's not there yet. We're probably from this new spillway. I'm, again, I wish I had a little better information, but I'm guessing about 35 feet um, from the spill. So it's at least... 70, 70 feet 70 higher feet than it high. was from the old spill. Yeah. Wow. It, it, and when, when we finally get you guys out there at some point, it, you will be amazed at, at what it looks like. It's beautiful. 
Well, Kevin, let's talk about getting on out there. Uh, from the time that the city finally comes along and decides, okay, we're ready for the general public to get on the lake, how much time is going to expire between the time they say, okay, it can happen and that it'll actually happen? Well, it looks like um, from it, from the days they get clearance that this new design of the dock system works on, on the ramp and it's cleared and it's safe, yeah, I believe it'll be about three weeks after that point in order to organize the how the permits will be sold, at least for the launching through, I think it's Ticketmaster. And I believe it's about three weeks after that. Um, I know they're working hard to get this new design implemented, but until they do and it's proven to work, uh, we're, we're just on hold until that time. But let's say it's two weeks from now. It'd be about three weeks after that. And again, I don't want to, who knows how long it's going to be, but they are working diligently to get this done quickly. Well, so I what? tell you, Kevin, John and Wendy and I will volunteer to, to do a little research for the rest of the public if you need it. <laughs> I'll bet. So, I'll bet you will. Well, Kevin, so what will happen is, to uh, get a launch permit on the lake will be pretty much the same routine that you find when, uh, uh, like with Lake Barrett, that they'll go through Ticketmaster and uh, uh, they will, uh, get, an individual will get a launch permit. And then what will happen is they'll show up on the lake on the day they're permitted for with fishermen. And then the fishermen at that time will be able to buy permits to fish on the lake. Is, is that uh, about the way you think it's going to come down? Correct. I believe that Ticketmaster is just selling the launches, and then you'll have to, however many people are in your party to fish, is you'll purchase them at the reservoir. Have you given any thought, or has any thought been given, how many uh, allowable launches will be uh, uh, given out on any particular given day? And, you know, I know, I remember at San Vicente and a lot of the other lakes when the, the lake got up to a certain point and there was as many boats that you wanted out there, the fishermen and the boaters could queue up and as boats came off the lake, then you'd allow someone to come back on. Will that be allowed? I believe, but not in the beginning. There, We just want to kind of break things in and see how this has been a long time in design, the flow of traffic and the launching facility and all these things. So. I think they're going to keep it instead of when one comes off, one goes back on, at least for the beginning. They're going to just do way if the launch is 140 or 150 launches, whatever that number is that will depend on the, on the reservoir level. They're going to keep it that for the day, at least in the beginning. And then in the future, they'll probably look, will go back to the old system. And that would be that one launch or leaves and then another one can launch. And what do you anticipate that the operating days are going to be for San Vicente when it does open? I believe we've got it scheduled now Thursday through Monday um, will be the operating schedule for, for the summer. And I think it's probably going to carry that way into the winter also. The difference would be is the water contact would be different. Okay. And when it comes to actual personal watercraft on the lake, uh, uh, you know, in past years uh, we've been fishing out there and we are fishing on Lake El Capitan and there are water skiers and pleasure boaters out there. Uh, uh, what's going to uh, happen with those uh, individuals that want to do that activity? 
Well, it will be limited to boating. The, the personal watercraft, those are the jet skis, as, as a, a trademark they have it. They'll be allowed to come out if they're towing somebody. But the actual stand-ups for now, there's no plan to have that open for jet skis. But water contact would be like uh, if someone wants to pull a, a skier or a wakeboarder or someone in a tube, um, they will be able to go out. The, the difference this year is because the high water and the unstable shoreline there's only two locations at the reservoir where there'll be actually a form of beaching, and they're very limited right now. Um, but pretty much it'll run like it did last uh, or the last few years, with the exception, well, there wasn't before. There'll be no personal watercraft incidental to somebody who's towing. Now, Stan was asking you this, and then maybe you can do it from a perspective of percentage, but... Uh, a lot of us do remember the years when San Vicente was at full pool or close to full pool. Now it's way above that. How much percentage-wide surface a, a larger is the lake than it than it was at the, in those years? Well, it's it's San Vicente's very steep walled. In other words, though it's increased, the reason they chose it was because it's less of an evaporative body of water. So it's pretty steep. As far as the amount of water, it's about doubled. But the surface acres, I wish I had that for you. It's, I don't want to guess for you. It's a little bit bigger. Actually, yeah. it's quite a bit bigger because I don't know if you remember the Grassy Bay area, that there was a little finger you passed through on the south side of the island. That's all underwater. So it, there's a lot of areas where it's added because it's swallowed up an island or a, a, a peninsula. But as far as... The, vastly bigger. I, I'm going to guess it's 25% larger in, in area, but please don't. I'm not those aren't exact figures. But well, I'm that's, guessing it's about That's okay because you've got steep wall, uh, a lot of rock, uh, you know, uh, in any given direction, but there's areas where the rock flattens out, if you want to call it that, and then each arm will go back if, if you said 25% further than it was. That's going to change the dynamic of the structure of the lake incredibly um, yeah, and give you a lot more option of fishing. You're going to have to relearn how to fish this water. It's oh, yeah. going to change huge for, for the guys that, you know, I used to fish here. Well, that fish has changed because it's spawned on new areas as it's grown, as the lake's grown, and, and uh, they've got more water on it. You've got brush that's been underwater for a while now. Uh, it's really, especially for the bait fish, because as the lake rises into new brush and you've got places for the bait fish to hide as the lake rises, it makes a really big difference in the fishery for the positive. And I think, man, this is going to be nothing but fun here, and you're going to have to learn to fish a new lake. All right. You will. Hey. Hey, Kevin, before we let you go, just one more question. Uh, yes. You know, when San Diego fishermen go up and fish Riverside, they've got to worry about quagga muscle, muscle issues uh, being inspected. They also have to worry about carburation issues with the motors that they bring onto the lake. Are those going to be issues they're going to have to face when getting on San Vicente? Well, quagga is um, the only thing they'll be checked is they'll randomly check to make sure. As you know, everyone remembers you should be completely dry, no water from the reservoir, because we do have quaggas and in, in mussels in Savage City. You have to make sure everything's all your bait wells, everything is dry. Um, okay. yeah, we don't want to transport that anywhere else. Now, the two-stroke engine issue at some reservoirs at this time, 
will still allow two-stroke engines on. It may change, but currently we're still allowing two-stroke motors to operate on the reservoir. All right. Well, Kevin Tackleberry, thank you so much for giving us a rundown on what's happening on the lake. And wherever you are to get this the connection, you're perfect now. Stay there for the next 24 <laughs> hours so we can get in contact with you again. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Uh, a pleasure. Hey, a pleasure speaking. Anything I can do to help in the future, let me know. Yeah, better yet, we look forward to seeing you on the water, okay? Thanks for being with us, sir. All right. My All pleasure. right. Hey, that was Kevin Tackenberry. He's the head ranger for the San Diego City Lakes, giving us a little update on what's happening on not only <laughs> uh, most of the major city lakes here in San Diego, but a little inside on San Vicente. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. Coming up next, the director of the 2016 Yellowtail Derby. He's going to be with us. He is going to be updating us on the standings and what's happening now that we're getting into the last couple of weeks of the event. Stay tuned. More to come after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. 
Love California, Boat California, Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Southern California, welcome again back to our Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is the beautiful Wendy Toshahara. I'm your host, Hopalong John Castaney. And we're going to go directly now to the tournament director for the 2016 Yellowtail Derby. Get an update on what's happening with the Derby. we got John Campbell with us. John, welcome. Thanks. Can you hear me okay? Oh, we can hear you all right, just as long as you uh, stay up on the top of that flagpole and keep the connection. Uh, we'll be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you guys. A good show. Thank and all you. That. And, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we're three weeks into the, the tournament, and we've got uh, two weeks left, two, uh, two weekends left, which are important because it's a, we give prizes for the largest fish caught on each weekend, plus the last day. Of the, of the event, which will be on the 5th, and then we'll have the awards on the 6th. So, uh, yeah, everything's been good. We've had a little slowdown in the number of big fish caught, and I think that's uh, probably because of wind and this and that and up and down stuff. I was expecting a lot of fish to come in this weekend, and they, they still have they've got another 24 hours to turn in their wave slips, and I expect, expect a, a bunch of fish to come in. We have a leader for this weekend, uh, he's got a uh, Adam uh, Adam uh, Damon has got a, a 26.6 uh, yellowtail, and that's the largest fish caught this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. He caught it yesterday, but uh, it uh, it won't be official until uh, until yesterday, yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening. But uh, yeah, it's it's really been good. Uh, uh, Tobo US, our title sponsor, has come up with some great T-shirts. I know, John, and uh, you've, you've got a, a T-shirt there, and uh, and 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 Vicky, uh, the great T-shirts, fabulous, uh, uh, you know, shot of the uh, of the yellowtail, and the Tobo has just been a great, great title sponsor. Yeah, uh, so, John. Before we talk about uh, uh, Tobo. Uh, uh, USA, uh, let's. Uh, uh, can you give us a rundown on the, the categories and the leaders in those categories right now, and what they've come in with? Sure, happy to do that. Um, there's there's four categories. We, we there were there were three at the beginning, and then by gosh, we got tuna in early. So uh, uh, they voted to uh, the, the anglers voted to uh, include tuna as well. So. Uh, which was uh, supported by Rob Butler, uh, right. Tobo U.S., said that, uh, hey, and this was at the, the pre-fishing uh, deal, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give 500 bucks to the largest tuna caught in the tournament. And so everybody yelled, yay, including me. <laughs> Why not? So uh, we added it. And we do have four four categories now, yellowtail, white sea bass, halibut, and tuna. And that's any kind of tuna. And I heard we just caught a couple of, uh, uh, of albacore over the weekend and a yellowfin. So yes. <laughs> it's gonna, this, that's terrific. So top person, top, top people in the, in the yellowtail at the moment, uh, Shane Piapa uh, and Mark Noons. Uh, Shane's got a, Shane's got a, a 32 11-ounce 11.2-ounce uh, uh, yellowtail. Mark Noons uh, caught this last week a uh, 
um, off of uh, off La Jolla, and Chains was off a of kayak. Um, number three is Neil Berber uh, uh, off Mission Beach, a thirty pounder. And then great. in White Sea Bass this week, uh, uh, Jeremy Brown uh, was fishing out near the uh, whistle buoy at the entrance to San Diego Harbor Channel, uh, and he 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 uh, uh, metered what he thought were yellowtail uh, near the bottom, so he threw down a a, a lure, an iron. And it got inhaled by a 54-pound white sea bass, nice. which he brought in, and I, I witnessed the uh, the weigh-in at the Marlin Club. So that's that's quite a beauty. Uh, in halibut, Dave Campbell, not a distant cousin, but not a, not a close relative, <laughs> a way distant. Anyway, Dave caught a 11-pound, uh, 11-ounce uh, halibut uh, off uh, Zuniga Jetty, and then in tuna. We had three beautiful tuna caught, uh, all within a, a, a two days. Uh, Harry Okuda caught his on the May 5th. He's in the lead with a 58-pound, 4-ounce. And then Neil Barber uh, uh, at uh, 58 even. And Nick Rick Max at uh, 57, 3-ounce, uh, uh, all on a private boat. So uh, out, uh, Harry caught his uh, just south, just a mile south of the South Island. Neil and Rick caught theirs uh, at the Nine Mile Bank the next day. You know, and John, you told me the story that uh, Harry was very pleased in the fact that there were other people on the boat with him and there was a larger fish caught, and unfortunately, that individual was not in the, the tournament. Yes, Harry kind of snickered and kind of laughed about it. You know, good friend of his, uh, uh, it was uh, it's his boat, so... He kind of laughed about it. He said, "Yeah, I'm really glad he didn't enter the tournament because his fish were bigger than mine." <laughs> right. Well, you know, John, we also want to let people know you are still taking entries, and you've even gotten a bunch of entries in in the past week. So there's still two more weeks to uh, to enter and to win in this event. That's true. And uh, two two winners in the last seven years entered during the last week. Went out one day. And won the tournament, so it's it's all possible. And the fish are coming in. You know, it looks like pretty strong. So it's all it's you know it's it's, it's totally possible to win the big one, and uh, and or one of the other categories. So uh, yes, you can go online. You can go online at yellowtailbeerbeast.com and enter online. Uh, it's an easy easy way to do that, uh, or or you can. Uh, uh, catch me somewhere, but uh, the best thing is to go online. Uh, right. And and we had five people sign up in two days this past week. Wow. So. Hey, you know, I I also want to give uh, kudos to uh, Rob Butler uh, from uh, Towboat USA San Diego. Not only did he come up with five hundred dollars first place for the largest tuna of the event, creating a another category. But he came up with those great red San Diego uh, uh, Yellowtail Derby uh, tournament shirts. And he's got another special uh, deal that he's going to be doing for everyone that wears one of the shirts at the award ceremony. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. He said that uh, what we'd like to do is take a picture of everybody 
at the awards at the Valley High on uh, Monday the 7th, or 6th, the six, excuse me, the 6th. Don't come on the 7th. <laughs> on Monday the 6th, um, we'd like to get a group shot, which is, we got a, we got a lot of a lot of people competing. It's over 100, uh, actually over 120. And uh, we'll try to get a group shot. And to, as an encouragement, if you wear your red T-shirt, you're going to get a free beer or a soda. So uh, that's that's kind of the incentive. That's kind of a fun deal. Rob is such a great, great promoter and a, a good manager, and uh, all his people love him. So And we love him, too. Well, not only that, Towboat U.S. San Diego offers a fantastic service. And uh, if you're not involved with a towing uh, uh, company here in San Diego, go visit uh, uh, Towboat U.S. San Diego and get aboard because the first time you use them, you're going to be happy you had them. Hey, John, uh, again, give us that site where people can go to uh, sign up or learn more about the Derby. Yellowtailderby.com. And you can go, most of the uh, tackle shops around town have information about it. Uh, also, you can use any way slip or way receipt. I have those around at the different landings. Uh, so, uh, and if you go out on an open party boat, just let the skipper know or the people on the boat know that you're in the Yellowtail Derby and ask them to have a scale ready when the boat comes in. They're happy to weigh your fish. Okay, and we want to, again, remind everybody that the tournament ends on Sunday. On uh, 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 But what happens is the award ceremony is the next Monday starting 6 o'clock at the uh, Bally High Restaurant. Everyone's invited to come over and take part in the uh, celebration because it's a grand time. Yes, it is. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Larry Bauman at the, there and his family uh, put on a nice... Nice uh, poo-poo spread, and uh, uh, you won't you won't go away unhappy. Uh, we'll have a lot of a lot of giveaway stuff for the raffle. It's not a buy-in raffle. Everybody gets a ticket, and we try to get everybody something. All right, John. Thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, uh, great event. Uh, happy to see the number of people increasing, and we'll check in with you before the end of the event to see what's happening. Thanks a lot for putting on and keeping this San Diego tradition alive. All right. Well, thank you. Say and hi to Wendy and uh, and uh, Stan. There. Wish you guys could come down and uh, have uh, partake in some of the fun. You're always welcome to come down to the awards as well. That's My that's God. for it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Stan. I got to apologize to you. I know that uh, you had a, a new purchase, and uh, I think it's a good story because of the fact we'll that we'll go over next week. There's no problem. Yeah, I'm, let's do that. <laughs> Wendy, congratulations on your fish. Great fish. Uh, go out and get more of them. Hey, guys, that's okay. hey, that's it for tonight, everyone. It sounds like we're rushed because we are. We want to thank Jorge at the AM540 Studios, Ben, our local producer, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, and thank you, the listeners, for being with us tonight. If you missed any of the show, just go to ronreelradio.com in the archive page. You'll get it there. Or just go to... Uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, iPod sites, search for Ron Real Radio. It'll be there. So on behalf of everyone, hey, guys, go out and get them. They're getting away. It's going to be the best fishing season that we've seen in recent memory. You take care. Stay safe. We're out for now. Good night, everybody.